It's the Fun to Know podcast with Dan Buskirk. On today's show, harpist Mary Lattimore. Doing recital, a kid, and um, I didn't like it. You know, I used to be really afraid. I used to have to take beta blockers, which, like, sort of lowers your adrenaline and, like, makes your hands not shake. That was in college. Um, I was really scared all the time, but... Now that I'm sort of playing my own stuff, I don't really get scared anymore, which is cool. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fun to Know podcast. I'm Dan Buskirk, and here we talk to artists, writers, and musicians about their lives and work. You can find the Fun to Know podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, leave comments for us there, or email us at Podcast, always with the numeral two, at gmail.com. And if you have a minute, go to our iTunes page and leave a review. Just wanted to announce, seats are still available for a class I'll be teaching at Fleischer Arts Memorial in Philadelphia in January, a five-class film studies course entitled Stretching the Canvas, Painters on Film. Together, we'll be viewing and discussing Artemisia, the 1997 film directed by Agnes Merlet about the Italian Baroque painter Artemisia Gentileschi. Love is the Devil, a study for a portrait by Francis Bacon from 1998, directed by John Maybury. Mr. Turner, directed by Mike Lee from 2014 about the 19th century painter J.M.W. Turner. Seraphine, the 2008 feature directed by Martin Provost about the French painter Seraphine Louis. And Vincent and Theo, directed by the great Robert Altman. Classes are free with Fleischer membership, but seating is limited. Go to Fleischer.org, that's F-L-E-I-S-H-E-R.org, for more information. On today's show, experimental musician and harpist Mary Lattimore. I first knew Mary through making small talk at the late lamented AKA Records in Philadelphia, having... No idea that the clerk playing all that cool music in the record store was the same person whose harp recordings were getting increasing acclaim in the music press. Since then, I've had her on the short list of artists I've wanted to bring on the show, but that idea took on an extra urgency when I heard that soon Mary would be leaving for Los Angeles to live after a decade of living in Philadelphia. With Mary packing up and playing a number of far-flung gigs, we finally decided to meet at a small furniture store in Fishtown called Home Modern, who were nice enough to let me set up the Fun to Know mobile studio and interview Mary during store hours between helping customers. Mary warned me about her shyness, but she quickly opened up to talk about her relationship with the harp, the music scene that came together in Philly in the 2000s, making music with Thurston Moore and Jarvis Cocker, the Valerie Project and Kurt Vile, composing music for soundtracks, playing the classical world versus the rock world, the American Harp Convention, gentrification, or move to L.A., and more. We'll also hear excerpts from her work throughout the show, as well as her collaborations with the Valerie Project and Thurston Moore. Let's go into an excerpt from the cut Otis Walks in the Woods from her recent work At the Dam, released on the Ghostly International label, and then we'll head into our conversation. Thank you. 
I guess we're ready. Okay. Can and, you hear me? Uh, yeah, you sound great. <laughs> I'm here with Mary Lattimore, who's uh, carved out quite a uh, career for herself as a harpist with many different conglomerations. She's uh, uh, she's played with the Valerie Project, and she's released a number of releases uh, her own and with a uh, collaborator, Jeff Ziegler. And uh, she's been a fixture here in Philadelphia for, for years, but now is... Uh, on the cusp of moving uh, west and moving out to Los Angeles. Hi, Mary. How are you doing? Great. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, it's funny. I was just talking to, to someone who wasn't really even a music fan today and saying that I was interviewing a harpist. And just the, just the whole idea of somebody who uh, is uh, making a career as a harpist br- brought up a lot of questions. From, from <laughs> it's a weird thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was sort of thinking about that. Sometimes I think about that with jazz, jazz people. I was thinking of, of Rufus Harley, who uh, made a career playing the bagpipes <laughs> in jazz. And uh-huh. I thought, you know, making a career in jazz is a real decision to make. It's not a, right. you know, a, a mainstream music in a lot of ways. And to decide you're going to make that career on the, on the bagpipes, it seems much more like a, like a religious calling or uh-huh. something. And I, I, I wondered, uh, with the harp, uh, I, I guess that's the first question people get to with you. Mm-hmm. When, when did you first mm-hmm. uh, uh, be introduced to uh, the idea of playing the harp? Well, my mom is actually a professional harpist, so she's she's been doing that her whole life, you know, since she was a child. So, you know, it, just growing up with a mom who's a harpist and then... Who, did, who the, did she play for? She plays with the Asheville Symphony in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, and she's done, you know, various gigs, like weddings and events and funerals and parties and things like that, just all over the Carolinas uh, for her whole life. So, you know, just watching... Just seeing that. And, you know, she also has a – she's the head of a harp ensemble called the Blue Ridge Harp Ensemble, which is a bunch of different ladies who are all playing together. And um, so just seeing that that it can be a lucrative and um, well, it was valid right in, right career. Right in your house. Yeah, yeah right in my house. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I didn't really question it. You know, I mean, was that your first? It was probably wasn't your first instrument, was it? I played the piano when I was five, uh, probably five to ten years old, and I started playing the harp when I was eleven. So it seemed like a natural kind of progression. Oh wow! Yeah, I was wondering. I mean, there's all sorts of questions I have just even about the harp. I I mean, at, at first I thought it was just sort of a completely acoustic instrument, but there's mm-hmm. there's actually motors and pedals and stuff in there. Is is there not? No motors. No motors. No. <laughs> there are pedals. Um, actually, so it's it's set up a lot like the piano, like C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, all in a line. And there are three pedals. On the pedal harp, there are uh, three different notches that each pedal can be in. So there's a C pedal, D pedal, E pedal, F pedal, G pedal, A pedal, seven pedals. And um, Is that uh, the key? That, that, that it's it's not the key. It's... um. It changes the key. It's like the black notes of the piano. Um, when was your first interest in music? When when you were younger? When did uh, you first take a, a real interest? Um, I definitely loved listening to the New Kids on the Block. Ah, really? <laughs> you know, I had like I always liked. My parents took me to see um, Bruce Springsteen when I was a child. You know, they they liked music a lot. You know, they had some records, and I mean, my mom, of course, was really into classical music, and so. It was always in my 
my world, my yeah. life. So the kids on the, new kids on the block. New kids on the block. I went to go see John Stamos, uh, <laughs> who was the drummer for the Beach Boys for a little bit. He played at the Ingalls Food Fair, which was like you know the grocery store chain in Asheville. Had like a sort of a event where you could sample a bunch of food, and then John Stamos played with his band. So that was fun. Um, I don't know, goofy little kid stuff, and then. Then I got more serious about listening to music um, when I was, you know, sixth grade or something like that. Yeah, what, what turned you on in sixth grade? Well, I had this friend, Gail, and she was really into, uh, she had an older brother, and she was really into, like, Jane's Addiction and um, and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, stuff like that. <laughs> and so the brother turned her on to that stuff, and then she shared it with me, The Cure, you know, like... um. Yeah, this is in Asheville. Uh, yeah, in Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was there uh, much should we think of as sort of the Southern influence down there in the music yeah, you're I, listening to? As I, well, I was really into REM for a long time, and like um, super chunk like stuff from Chapel Hill. So that I mean, it wasn't so much like country Southern. It was like you know college rock. Yeah, and but, there's a lot of colleges in, in North Carolina mm-hmm, as yeah. well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So so you were probably performing then since you were, I mean, doing recitals yeah, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, doing recitals, yeah, wow. when I was a kid, and um, I didn't like it. You know, I used to be really afraid. I used to have to take beta blockers, which, like, sort of lowers your adrenaline and, like, makes your hands not shake. That was in college. Um, I went to music conservatory, so oh, really? that I was really scared all the time. But now that... Um, Now that I'm sort of playing my own stuff, I don't really get scared anymore, which is cool.
So you went to college for, for music? Mm-hmm. Where'd you go? I went to the Eastman School of Music in Rochester, New York. Uh-huh. Was that your first mm-hmm. time spending much time north? Or? Oh, yeah. I was voted most likely to... Uh, well, I went to I went to high school in Shelby, North Carolina, which is a tiny little town, and um, I was voted most likely to leave Shelby and never come back in the, <laughs> in the yearbook. So, I yeah, I, I've been back, but... I uh, went to school far away from Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> so what program were you, were you studying in, in, in college? It was music performance. It was heart performance. Heart performance. Mm-hmm. A big classical repertoire, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is there a lot of classical music that is written specifically for harp? Yeah. I mean, like the impressionistic stuff, like uh, Ravel, Debussy, like lots of concertos. and. Were you, were you looking to be a... a, a, a classical orchestra harpist i mean i was i thought about it for a while because my mom did it you know i thought oh yeah i played with my mom's orchestra too as the second harpist and sort of saw that as a way to make money you know in the future and have like a flexible kind of job and tailor it to my life but and i still do that i still like to play for weddings and things like that yeah yeah Yeah. it's fun but where where did this sort of well when, when when did you arrive in philadelphia 2005. 2005. Uh, I don't. Were you familiar with, I don't know, the sort of improvisational folk scene that was happening here was, before then? Yeah. Or? Um, Greg Weeks from Espers and Otto Hauser, also from Espers, are from Rochester. So I met them when I was living up there. Oh, okay. I worked at a couple record stores in Rochester, and they were customers there. So um, I met them, and then I went. I lived in Austria for a little bit uh, for a few years teaching English and then I was looking for um you know a city to move in move to in the United States because my visa was up and uh and I came with my mom to the American Harp Convention which was held in Philly in in 2004 and so I think we all remember that yeah for the days (laughs) and uh it was a huge huge harp event you know tons of concerts and we all stayed in the dorms at Penn and you know, it was a really great event, and uh, and Otto, or um, Greg and our friend Jesse Sparhawk, who is also a harpist in Philly, good friend of mine, they came to the American Harp Convention to to sort of check it out because Greg Greg lived here at the time, and uh, then they brought me over to Brooks Seitenson's house, who was also in Espers, and uh, Meg Barrett also lived there, and. Uh, they just showed me fish down and I just fell in love with it. You know, they had a giant backyard. It just seemed like a really creative community and, you know, playing people playing music all the time and like just hanging out and really affordable with a lot of like space to be creative. And so I decided to move to Philly in 2005, like the following January after yeah. I came to visit. Yeah. So uh, have you noticed the city change in that? 11 years oh uh, yeah 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 definitely has, has is it still like a good place for uh making this kind of music or i i think so i feel like the rents are kind of rising so much that it's hard to be a musician here and not have to have like an office job or something like that i think it's um it's unfortunate but i don't know like it's also fun to hustle a little harder and to you know try to get more work but that seems like a real. I don't know. That seems like a real golden era, a bit to it was to it me. Really Jack was. Rose, I remember being mm-hmm. here and going For to Saxa. shows. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really good. You know, like you could see Kurt Vile playing at the fire. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> or 
uh, you know, War on Drugs was just getting started then, too, and that was really exciting, uh, just a really exciting, creative, nonchalant kind of time. You know, it seemed like really, like, um, everybody was just hanging out, Yeah, you know? I'm trying to imagine you know, how you sort of ingratiated yourself into the circle. I imagine like with other instruments, you could just sort of wander up with your guitar, but it's hard yeah. to just sort of casually insert yourself with your, with your harp. Well, I mean, a big part of it was the, uh, Valerie project, you know? So that yeah. was like, that's how I got to know a lot of the musicians in that project. Cause it was like 12 people. So no, talk was... about that project for it. It was a, it was mm-hmm. a film soundtrack that was done. Yeah. We reimagined the score for a Czech new wave film, uh, Valerie and her week of wonders. And it was mainly organized by Greg weeks. Um, who I was just talking about. A beautiful, and... beautiful film of this real sort of coming of age of a, of a young girl into a, a weird pagan vampire kind of <laughs> cult. Yeah. The colors yeah. are so cool too. Yeah. Just like visually stunning. Um, and so we, we wrote that together, you know, the new score, just our idea, our interpretation from watching the images. And, um, we performed it all over America and we went to the Meltdown Festival in London and played there too. And we had the original print from the Czech Republic, from the archive there. So we're just traveling around with it. But that was, that was a really exciting project for me just like hearing all those instruments like synths and guitars and harp and cello and electronics you know it's really really fun
that the first time you toured internationally? Yeah, that was the first time I ever played anything that wasn't written down, like classical music. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, well, the first time I actually played with the Arcade Fire for a show, and they came to Philly, um, and that was the first time I had never I had played without music, and so then like sort of like since it was a sold out show and people were like screaming my name, <laughs> I thought, man, this is way more fun than playing like a like a recital. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's such a different mindset. I mean, I, I know mm-hmm. a lot of classical musicians have trouble making that, yeah. that jump to, you know, improvisational uh, music. I've, I've, I've even, you know, been in wedding bands where the guys like, you know, vamp for a few chords. <laughs> like, what do you mean vamp? Or, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is scary to, because you have to, it sort of shows how your brain works. You know, you're very vulnerable when you're like, exposing how your mind works <laughs> you know i but it's it's pretty fun i it's also like because i uh at the time and you know forever i listened to a lot of rock music and experimental music and but i never thought that i could really fit into that so that um that was sort of an awakening for me to realize that i can you know sound like a any other instrument in a cool song. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh it's funny. I can think of almost no other instrument that has such a specific uh, such specific uh ideas that sort of come with it. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess I, I guess if you hear a sitar, you think of India, but right. when you it's it's weird how a, a harp has been connected to like angels and heaven mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean, I think that's why people don't even think to include it in stuff, you know? I'm, what i'm trying to do i'm just trying to make it more accessible for people and like not as precious yeah you know, so it's, it's pretty exciting because with with, with you know with so many instruments you pick up uh, you know it's sort of in the pop and rock realm is, there's such a history with them mm-hmm. if you're going to play guitar there's all sorts of touchstones you're probably touching on in your style but yeah. with harp uh, there's only a handful of, of harpists i can think of that have uh, made a reputation for themselves and they're certainly not they they haven't imprinted their styles on the, on the on the the public at large. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joanna Newsom, she's like the main one who has introduced a lot of people to the harp. I think, but even she is like, you know, whoa, she's such a wizard with it that it's it's almost not human. You know, it's like, <laughs> wow, where did she come from? Some crazy planet? Like that's like, it's like a unicorn style, yeah, kind and- of playing. You know. And to be able to, to, to sing as well, mm-hmm. and, and you know, at the same time, it's it's it's, it's quite 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 a gifted performer. Yeah, um, I'm also I'm a you know big jazz buff, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Alice Coltrane, right? Yeah, yeah. Dorothy Ashby. Had, had you mm-hmm. uh, listened to them? Much? Oh yeah, tons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I really like them both. Uh, Alice, what do you think of Alice Coltrane? I'm, I'm particularly kind of over the top about her. I love her stuff. I mean, it's so natural, like organic sounding. You know, like. I, She's not, I feel like she's not so uh, burdened by tone and technique, you know, as much as like, oh, you're playing a delicate, precious instrument, you know, she's just very soulful with the way she plays and, you know, just kind of like. There's almost an aggression that comes to the yeah. instrument with her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's just feeling it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. I love her stuff and I'm glad, you know, a lot of people are getting turned on to her music lately. I feel like it's. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah, you uh, had this experience for the first time uh, improvising with uh, with uh, 
I was going to say fiery furnaces, um, mm-hmm. uh, arcade fire. Yeah. And uh, somewhere, you know, what, what year was that, do you think? That was 2005. That's like the first month that I moved to Philly. Yeah. Um, when did you first, uh, having projects that were that were under your own name? After I uh, I played with Thurston Moore for a couple of years. Um, what, what projects were you doing with him? That was for his record, Demolish Thoughts, mm-hmm. that it was recorded by Beck, and it was uh, an acoustic record with harp and violin and thurston and so the violinist samara labelski she and i flew out to malibu and we hung out out there recorded <laughs> with thurston and beck and that was pretty amazing when did you first meet meet thurston i got asked to do sort of an avant-garde preschool presentation where thurston was thurston and bill nace um they were doing a uh, a collaborative instructional talk on um noise music for little children and this is in new york and uh so i was asked to sort of bookend uh the talk and the presentation with some harp music just sort of you know like pleasant harp music that um would you know the juxtaposition of that with like thurston and bill's noisy guitars <laughs> i don't know it's sort of like ease ease the children <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, and uh, the the kids got to play play my harp and stuff, so that was really fun. And uh, you know, I was always a Sonic Youth fan, and I didn't really know Bill very well. And so when we were doing that, you know, they were warming up, and I was also tuning and sort of warming up in another room. And all of a sudden, I realized I could hear that they were playing with me um, from the other room. And then they came in, like they were like. Did you hear us? We were jamming. We were jamming. And so, <laughs> so uh, that was the first time that I really met Thurston. And um, then I was reintroduced to him through Kurt Vile at an ATP um, a little bit after that. And he was like, do you know how to surf? And I was like, no. He's like, well, you better learn because I'm going to take you to Malibu. <laughs> and, so, and so I uh, went with those guys and worked on that record Sunday lights Come take my nights And I'll bend down To my knees and die Illuminate My soul to take Illuminate 
Anyway, after um, after I was done touring with Thirsty, at some point he was like, I think we're ready to retire this record cycle, you know, and not have a harp anymore. And so that made sense, but it was also really sad because I hate saying goodbye to stuff, you know, like chapter, I hate closing chapters like that. So I was becoming good friends with Jeff Ziegler, who's a producer here in Philly, he's an amazing producer and uh, musician and friend and uh so I came to him and I was like I gotta channel this sad feeling into something of my own and so I just booked a day in the studio with Jeff and just sat down and just improvised and it, the record came out um in 2013 and that's the the wandering the withdrawing room the withdrawing room mm-hmm. yeah. and uh yeah, it's it was cool. It, like I like how it came out. It's definitely like a direct transmission of my <laughs> feelings at the time. You know, it's like a nice souvenir to have. Um, you've uh, I know one of your recent projects was the one that that, that took you on the road. Uh, a record called On the Dam. At the Dam. Uh-huh. At the Dam. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that uh, that uh, you traveled across the country and and played with a, with a number of friends. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that project. Was that um, soon after your uh, the withdrawing room, or that was in that was twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah, um, I had just gotten awarded the Pew Fellowship, which is you congratulations. Know, thank you. Um, I might have been. Yeah, it was twenty. It was January twenty fifteen, and I definitely wanted to do something with the money that, um, you know, that would propel me 
further, you know, with my solo stuff. So I took this road trip with my friend Natalie and we stopped in New Orleans. We stopped in Austin. We stopped in Marfa, Texas for a few days. And then, um, and then we went to Joshua Tree and I had a sort of mini, mini residency there. Um, for five days and then I rented an Airbnb in Altadena, California, which is in the mountains outside of LA, um, east. And, um, I just set up my harp like in Marfa, in Joshua Tree and in Altadena. So those three places. And I just recorded myself and made some songs and then Ghostly International put out the record. So that, that was like a step up as far as the label goes. And then, you know, some more opportunities came my way. But it was, you know, it's my second solo record, and I recorded it. Uh, is it just you alone? Mm-hmm. On, on, just alone on harp? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> so, so what brought about this, uh, the move to Los Angeles? Um, you know, just my rent got just jacked up so high, um, and our basement was leaky, and... <laughs> the house is falling apart and I just feel like it's like the sort of the what's happening in this neighborhood you know a lot of like more wealthy people are moving in and um I just thought like man I'm driving to New York all the time to play for a hundred bucks I just need to find a way to make more money I think you know getting older needs a just like I need to get serious about it and be like you know make it a career like a uh, just jump in, you know? Yeah. So, and that's, that's where I feel like you're compensated for your harp playing, <laughs> but you know, like there's celebrity weddings, <laughs> it's like, um, session work, a lot of session yeah, work. I would imagine and, be a lot of film work yeah, as film well. Yeah, film stuff. And yeah. I would love to get into that. And so, I mean, I can see myself coming back to Philly pretty soon, but after I just like see if I can, get involved out there too i also really hate the winter i'm not good at it at all like dealing with winter and so i think at least the winter in la give it a try see how it goes it's gonna be a good idea Thank you. 
you've done uh, some some scoring of of, of film. You, I know you did the uh, mm-hmm. the the Philippa Garrel uh, silent film. Yeah. Uh huh. Jeff and I, with our project, we have a synth and harp project, and so we scored that film. It's from 1968. It's a silent film, and it's called Le Revelateur. Yeah, we wrote the we wrote a score for it, and we got it approved by him. Um, and so we've performed it, you know, some cool places around the U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you talk about the process on on how you decided, you know, to, to, to you know to merge the music to the images as, as, mm-hmm. a, as a soundtrack artist? Well, um, I was asked. Uh, Ballroom Marfa is a really cool organization in Marfa, Texas, and I was I, I was asked to pick a silent film for their annual silent film program that they had for a while um they would invite bands to it was like around new year's eve they would host this this project um invite bands to pick out a film to score and so they picked me and i in turn uh approached jeff about it because i knew that he played a lot of different instruments and could make a bunch of different textures you know for such a long long piece you know it's an hour long so it needed to have more than just a harp um so jeff plays melodica through effects and synth and guitar but so jeff was into the idea and we just hold up inside of a studio and just watch the film on the laptop a bunch of times and we took it you know bit by bit we came up with a bunch of themes for different characters different scenes Want to say, but that's not the only mm-hmm. film thing you've done, though, is it? Is, was that, there something else I saw as well? Um, I have uh, I've played on scores that were written for different films. So Marie, uh, Marina Abramovich, the artist, is present. That's like a documentary. I played the heart part on, and then Z for Zachariah, which is um, a narrative film based on a young adult novel that's really terrifying. Um, I played on the score for that. So, and among others, like. Sort of independent. HBO uh, abortion documentary. Yeah, uh huh. The HBO abortion documentary. Um, Needed a harp. Uh huh. Yep. (laughs) You never know where it'll pop up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who would you like to play with that you you haven't played with yet? Brian Eno. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to work with him in some way or like have him help me with a record or something. That's like my total dream. I'd also love to, uh, I love William Bazinski. I'd love to do something with him. Um, Grouper, Liz Harris, I would love to do something with her. I recently um, got to go on tour with Juliana Barwick, who's one of my really favorite people and musicians. Um, so we're going to also tour on the West Coast in January, mid-January. So. Oh, that's great. She's yeah. wonderful. She's really great. I see on the list of people you've collaborated with, Jarvis Cocker. Yeah, um, Jarvis invited us to play the Meltdown Festival, the Valerie Project. So uh, we got to know each other there. And then I was working at a real estate office and I got laid off. So I had a lot of time um, on my hands. So I just reached out to Jarvis's manager and I was like, if Jarvis ever wants a harp on a record, keep in touch, you know, um, let me know. And so like a year later, he wrote me an email and he asked me if I would come record with him in Chicago. So that was really fun. He's, wow. Yeah, he's a really amazing person and has remained a friend since then. So. Did those recordings come out? It did, yeah. It was a record called Further Complications. Uh-huh. Steve Albini produced it. and uh, You worked with Albini as well? Mm-hmm. How was he? 
awesome, really good at Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. And no surprise that you've 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 uh, run into Kurt Vile as well here in yeah. in Philadelphia. I think your roots go back fairly far with him, don't they? Oh yeah, he's one of my best friends. Yeah, how did you uh, first uh, meet him? We met at the post office. I think we also met at a party too that I had. Um, I mean, Johnny Brenda's, I'm sure, was in there somewhere too. I don't know, <laughs> just like being around the neighborhood. And this was before he had children, and he was uh, around a lot. Yeah, I teach his oldest daughter how to play the harp now. So, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So your your heart is a very specific uh, type of heart. But what what is the the the, the make or the model or it's a full concert harp, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a classical. It's a um, concert grand uh, pedal harp. It's made by Lion and Healy, and they're based in Chicago. Have you have you played a lot of different kinds of harps? Uh, there's two harps that I play. One is a Salvi, and one is a Lion and Healy. So those are my two. I have two harps, um, and I think those are the best brands. You know, the best. Kinds. Yeah, I don't know. Is there a number of harp makers out mm-hmm. there? Yeah, it? there are, and there are different sizes and different styles, like full harps and things. But I like the the big one. You know, uh-huh. it's substantial. It's like the only kind I've ever played. So, do you sing at all? No, no, no. I'm do not you, good it, at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someday I might try to incorporate some vocals, like weird vocals or something like that, just as another instrument. But, um. You know, as far as like being a singer while playing harp, it's just not really my style. Or, or being a songwriter, even, no. even if you didn't sing, no. Well, I mean, being a songwriter, maybe on the piano or something, might be more my style. But I think um, there's plenty of people that like sing and play a harp, and I think that's covered. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any any projects uh, that are uh, in the uh, in the works right now? Um, I am. Uh, doing a record with Meg Baird, the two of us, a duo record that's going to come out on three-lobed recordings. Um, we're going to work on that. I got an artist residency at the Headlands starting in May. It's for two months, and Meg now lives in San Francisco, so I am going to go out there, and we're going to work on that together. The Marin Headlands? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I used to live in San Francisco myself. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's coming up. In May. Um, before that, I just have some tours. I'm going on tour with this band, True Widow. That's for about 20 days. And then uh, also going on tour with this woman, Marissa Nadler, in Europe in December. And um, doing a couple festivals next year. And then the residency and then trying to like start a life in L.A., I guess. <laughs> So everything's up in the air. I feel a little bit insane, but um, have, have you figured out where in LA you might want to live? Yeah, I have an apartment in Echo Park. Oh, nice. So I, I have a roommate, and she says that the harp can live in the living room. So that's good. Is yeah. she a musician as well? Or? Her brother is. He's his name is Chris Brokaw, and he's he was in some bands like Codeine, yeah, Come, yeah. and uh, is a musician. She's more in the film world, but I feel like it'll be a good friend match. It'll yeah. be fun. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, I think we can probably, can we wrap this up? Sure. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Very appreciated. Cool. Awesome. Thanks.
That's it for our show. Again, thanks to Mary for making time to meet me at a particularly hectic moment in her life. You can find out more about her doings at marylattimore.net. Thanks to Home Modern on Gerard and Philly for graciously hosting the interview. You can catch past episodes of the Fun to Know podcast at SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can catch me spinning jazz Mondays at 11 a.m. EST on WPRB Princeton. Read my film reviews at Falker.com and check back for more Fun to Know. free, I tell you. So wake up. It's time.